What's shaking, Fire Nation? JLD here, and welcome to Entrepreneurs on Fire bonus income report for January of 2018. We started the year off on fire. I hope that you started the year off on fire as well. But before I get into the income numbers at a glance, let me just set the scene for you here because you might be hearing some things in the background you're not used to. Kate and myself are snuggled into the cozy cottage up in Maine that is right next to my parents' house. We're visiting for a couple weeks here um, in early February, which it is right now. And it's very cold. Um, it's a Saturday as we're recording this, and there is a ice fishing. Um, <laughs> there's an ice fishing event going on right next to us. So there's about probably twenty to thirty snowmobiles within sight of me right now. About fifteen ice shacks, and people are definitely having a fun time out there. So if you hear some noise in the background. Um, it's snowmobiles or people that are celebrating a big pickerel catch that I'm sure they're hauling out of the ice as we speak. And of course, we have our little heaters in here as well as our humidifiers. So there's just a lot of stuff going on. And you know, we're going to make the most of it. We're going to have a fun time with you today doing the income report. Now, what is our income at a glance? Well, for January, it was $205,000 for our gross income. Our expenses were $66K, which brought our total net profits to $139,000. Super close to last month, which uh, was $4,000 more. So we are $4,000 under last month, but uh, percentage-wise, almost identical. Now, as always, we have the lovely Kate Erickson in the house. Kate, say what's up to Fire Nation. What's up, Fire Nation? We also have Josh and David, who I'm going to bring on in a second here, because you know Josh loves to drop the CPA value bombs, and David's going to drop a legal tax tip as well. It's actually a part two, which is going to be pretty cool. But let's just get excited about the income report today, because we have some really cool things to share. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about a memoir, my new podcasting proje uh, project. We're also going to be talking about a new team member of Entrepreneurs on Fire that both Kate and I are fired up about, as well as some other cool things. But let's bring on Josh Bowerly, Mr. CPA on Fire himself, because he's going to talk about something very relevant right now because it is January of 2018, which means that you're about to be getting 1099s in the mail from all those people that are paying you all of this money and you need to know how to handle those 1099s that you receive. Or on the flip side, maybe you need to be sending out a bunch of these. It depends on what kind of business you run. There might be a combo like us for sure. We definitely have both sides of this handle. So Josh, take it away. Well, John, we have somehow arrived at yet another tax season. And before I kind of get buried over here in 500 plus returns that need to be done, I wanted to give Fire Nation one last tip to make sure they get things as accurate as possible on these two, 2017 taxes. All right. And what I want them to do is to make sure that all 1099s they receive are addressed properly. All right. And I know this may sound a little confusing. It may sound like petty even, but incorrect 1099s are one of the biggest reasons we see clients get audited by the IRS, right? I know I'm throwing out that scary word, audit, but this this is truly the one of the biggest reasons that happens. And what happens is one of the wonderful people that paid you money, our clients that we love, they send you over a 1099 to reflect that payment, 
and they send it over to you personally using your name and social security number instead of in the business's name in the business's EIN. All right. And even though you claim that income on your business return, the IRS sees that 1099 addressed to you personally, sees that on your personal return, you did not claim that income. And they assume that you failed to include income in your taxes, even though that's not the case. Then what's going to happen is six months later, a year later, maybe even two years later, you're going to get a nice fun letter from the IRS saying, hey, uh, this company over here said that they paid you $20,000 in 2017. You did not claim that on your personal tax return. Why don't you go ahead and send us $3,000 plus an extra thousand for penalties and interest. All right. One of those nice, fun love letters from the IRS. This does not have to happen. This is easily avoided. All right. But first, let me tell you, let me just throw a few scenarios at you on how this could easily happen. All right. Because I know it seems crazy. Like how, how could someone get the 1099 wrong? But let me show you how. Think of this. All right. We, we get a lot of people that are sole proprietors. In the middle of the year, we switch them to an S corporation to save them a ton on taxes. A great move, all right? But they either forgot to update their W-9 with, with all of their clients, or they did update their W-9 and their client just failed to make the change. Now the client sends out the 1099 to them personally instead of the S corp, all right? Or maybe your business is a partnership, meaning you own it with someone else. But for whatever reason, your client has your personal info on file instead of the businesses. We see that happen all the time. Maybe you mistakenly fill out your W-9 with your personal info instead of the business info because you weren't quite sure what they were asking. Right? These tax forms are very confusing. John, you and Kate are some of the, the most educated people in this area that I know because we talk about it all the time. And you'll still ask me questions, right? Like, hey, remind me again, what do I put on this W-9? Because it is confusing. I don't know why they make it so confusing, but that's the IRS for you. Right? So you can very easily make a small mistake that gets you an incorrect 1099. I've seen incorrect 1099s issued for all these reasons and many more, right? but this can be avoided. So I'm going to give you four steps that you can do both this year to, to, to ensure that 2017 was correct and especially going forward so it never gets done incorrectly again. All right, so number one, the very first thing I want you to do is check every single 1099 you received for 2017 and make sure it is issued to the right name and tax ID number. Okay, so hopefully you have some type of business entity like we've talked about. If that's the case, then that 1099 should not have your name on it and absolutely should not have your social security number on it. It should have the business name and it should have the business EIN. Number two, if you find that one of these 1099s is incorrectly made out to you personally, you need to immediately contact the person or company who sent it and ask them to issue you a corrected 1099. Okay, so give them the correct W-9 showing the business name and EIN. Tell them that, that they sent it to the wrong person. Ask them to not only correct it and send it to you, but especially to issue a corrected 1099 to the IRS. Number three, if they refuse to issue a corrected one, and some will for whatever reason, you need to note this very carefully on your tax returns. Okay, so let's assume that you're an S corporation, the client made the 1099 out to, to you personally instead of the business. What I want you to do is go ahead and claim that 1099 on your, on your personal return, even though you've already claimed it in the business like you should. Right, you're going to claim it on your personal tax return on Schedule C, but then you're going to put an expense on Schedule C for the exact same amount 
with the description claimed on 1120S EIN and put whatever your EIN number is. Okay. So this, this scenario will, will obviously be subject to whatever your personal situation is, but b- basically you're creating an expense to wipe out that income and noting to the IRS that it was already claimed on the business tax return. All right. So hopefully if you have a business, you're using a professional for your taxes, like I recommend all the time. In, in that case, simply make sure that they're doing this correctly. Uh, just, just make sure they know that that 1099 was made out to you personally and needs to be noted. Um, if you're going to try and do it yourself, follow that step. And finally, number four, now that we are into a new year, 2018 here, I want you to make sure that right now, from the very start of this year, all your clients have your accurate W-9 on file. Okay, so if you haven't done this yet, I want you to right now go fill out a new W-9 that reflects the correct taxable entity. Or if it is you personally, that's fine. Go do that. But it's this is especially true if you have a business. Make sure that that name line has the business name and nowhere on there does it have your personal name. Make sure that the tax ID number is your EIN. Nowhere on there should it have your social security number. Right? That's how you will clearly prevent this from happening in the future. All right, John, so I'll leave you with this. No one likes these letters from the IRS, right? Especially ones that could be easily avoided with some simple due diligence. So I want Fire Nation to make sure their 1099s that they receive are accurate and they can drastically reduce their chances of receiving a nasty little letter from our good friends at the IRS. Everyone's goal with their taxes, right? All right, so yeah, as always, they can uh, connect with us on our website, cpmfire.com. They can reach out to me directly, josh at cpmfire.com. And of course, we always have our free course specifically for Fire Nation, showing them how to choose the proper business entity. All right, one of the biggest ways to save money on taxes. They can get that at cpmfire.com slash Fire Nation. Josh, as always, thanks for dropping those value bombs, Fire Nation. I really hope that you find these CPA tips as handy as I know Kate and I do because we're learning something every single income report as well. So make sure you head over to cpaonfire.com to check out all that Josh has going on. Of course, he loves hearing from Fire Nation. Josh at cpaonfire.com is where you can go to shoot him an email, ask him a question, and you know if he has a space available, maybe bring him on your team. Now we're going to bring on David because David is our legal counsel, which is very important to have that part of your business covered as well. And this is going to be a part two, which is how to hire a lawyer for your business. Part one was back in November. So you can go back to November's income report and listen to that. This is going to be part two right here about how to hire a lawyer for your business. So David, take it away. Hi, everybody. David Lizerbram here with your every other month income report legal tip. Sooner or later, if you're in business, you're going to have to hire a lawyer. It just comes up all the time, and it's something you're going to have to do. Now, I've been told that hiring a lawyer can be scary, uh, intimidating, awkward, uncomfortable. (laughs) I'm not sure why that is. Lawyers are friendly. But in case you have those feelings, I'm here to reassure you and provide you with some tips to make it go better. Now, The important thing to pay attention to here is that this is part two. We covered part one back in the November 2017 income report. So if you missed that for some reason, shame on you. But you can always go back and check that out and get up to speed with uh, the first uh, four tips. And we're going to go through tips five, six, and seven today plus a bonus tip. So let's get started. How to hire a lawyer. Tip number five. Choose a lawyer who brings other resources to the table. Let's be honest. Legal services aren't cheap. 
So there are some things you, uh, your lawyer can do to help give you some more bang for your buck. Let me give you a couple examples. You can ask, does this law firm host regular events for their clients to meet and network? Entrepreneurs love meeting other entrepreneurs. That's where ideas and partnerships and things get flowing. And a lot of law firms uh, or lawyers will um, help be involved in that community locally. So that's something to ask. Another question is, does this lawyer or law firm have a network of other attorneys and professionals they can refer you to when you have specialized needs? Uh, That's a very valuable thing that an attorney can bring to the table is to help you find the other people that you need other than just that one attorney um, to help you get your team together to grow your business. Are they members of trade associations or other groups that you can benefit from? Um, I do a lot of trademark work, so I'm a member of the International Trademark Association, and I go to those events as well as others. And I can tell you that that brings a lot to the table for my clients in terms of not just education but resources and other people that they can be connected to and so forth. So that's an important thing to ask. And one more thing you can ask is are they willing to make introductions to other clients, potential customers, and strategic partners? Now, Sometimes that's just not appropriate, or they may not have those resources. You don't have to get a yes answer to all these questions in order for it to be a good fit, but these are just things you can ask your attorney or your potential attorney to see what this person brings to the table to make sure you're getting the maximum value from this relationship. Now, you always got to be careful to make sure they don't overpromise. If you meet an attorney who's like, I'm going to get you tons of customers and clients and blah, 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 you know, step back and see, are you getting a sales pitch or are you really working with a good professional attorney. But these are all important things to ask. Okay, tip number six. You may not need a lawyer in your city or state or wherever it is that you live. Um, A lot of people, by default, they look for a local lawyer, and that's fine. Um, And it's nice to be able to meet face-to-face and so forth. But I found, having been practicing law for Oh, many, many years, <laughs> that uh, a lot of my clients are not even in San Diego, which is where I live. Um, they are elsewhere. In fact, I have clients internationally. Um, some of the work that I do, such as trademark intellectual property work, is, let's say, federal, which means that it's the same, more or less, from state to state, and it doesn't matter where I am and where the, where the client is, I can still provide those services. Now, if you need an attorney to go to court, that person has to be able to go to court uh, in your local jurisdiction, and there's other circumstances where you need an attorney in your jurisdiction. But uh, don't be afraid to cast a wide net, especially if you live someplace where there aren't a lot of attorneys, like a small town. Um, You know, feel free to look outside of the local box and see, uh, you know, if you can find someone, even if they're far away, that might be a good fit for you. Uh, And finally, tip number seven here, make sure you're comfortable with the fee structure. Now, this is a big question and something that you should not be afraid to talk about. If your attorney is afraid to talk to to you about fees, uh, you know you have a problem. Uh, Let me just give you a couple of frameworks to, to understand how attorneys typically charge. Most business attorneys tend to work on an hourly basis. That means that each attorney has an hourly rate and the attorney bills in increments of that rate. So an example would be you get billed for one-tenth of an hour with a minimum of two-tenths of an hour for any particular task. That means an hourly rate doesn't just mean, okay, if it's, you know, $500 an hour, that doesn't mean you're paying $500 for the attorney to work for five minutes. Um, It's sections of an hour is typically what you're billed for. Um, 
Some lawyers have moved away from hourly billing entirely and only bill a fixed amount for each service. And now what I often find is sort of a hybrid approach uh, where some work might be hourly and some might be fixed fee depending on the project. Um, The most important thing is to make sure that the arrangement works for you, the client. So if you have a preference, hourly, fixed fee, or something else, be sure to communicate that to your attorney. As long as you're upfront about your expectations, he or she should be able to work with you. And if not, it's probably not a good match. And, you know, that's okay. Not every attorney-client pairing is a good match. But hopefully applying the seven keys I've given you will speed up the process of finding the right match for you and your business. So let's just run down quickly the last three tips I gave you. Number five, choose a lawyer who brings other resources to the table. Number six, Determine if you need a lawyer in your city or state, or you can look elsewhere. And number seven is to make sure you're comfortable with that lawyer or that law firm's fee structure. And now we come to the final bonus tip, which is that this is not a till-death-do-us-part decision. Now, ideally, you'll establish a relationship with a lawyer that will last for the life of your business or your career. Maybe you'll even become good friends. But just with any other type of business relationship, there's no way to know that on day one. It's possible the day will come where you'll have to tell your lawyer, it's not you, it's me, or whatever your preferred breakup line might be. Now, nobody likes to hear this from a client. Believe it or not, lawyers are people, too, with feelings. But for the most part, we're also professionals, and we know that not all client relationships are going to last forever. So if you find that your lawyer and you are not on the same page, the best thing you can do is pick up the phone and express your concerns. I suggest you avoid doing this over email because despite the advantage of technology, when things get sticky or tough, it's best to talk it out whenever possible to avoid escalating the situation. If you can get together in person, that is even better. So if it doesn't work and the situation just can't be reconciled, your lawyer is in most circumstances obligated to return your files to you or forward them to your new attorney. If you have funds remaining in the firm's client trust account, meaning you've provided some kind of retainer or other funds up front that hasn't been used, those must be returned to you as well. And then you can move on to hopefully finding the right attorney for you. So I hope these tips have been helpful. If you have other questions about how to find a lawyer, how to work with a lawyer, what's up with these lawyers, what are they doing, et cetera, please, uh, this is the place for you to get those questions answered and to understand how this important relationship will help you build and grow your business for years to come. So I hope this was helpful. Uh, Ask away if you have other questions. And if you want to stay on top of how intellectual property issues – like trademarks and copyrights, affect your business, you can download my free intellectual property for entrepreneurs checklist at productsofthemind.net slash eofire. Thanks, and I'll talk to you in two months. All right, Fire Nation, hope you got a lot of value from that. As always, make sure you hit David up on email. Check out his website. Check out his podcast. He has a lot of awesome stuff going on. A lot of great free value for you, the entrepreneur. So let's make that happen. Now we're going to talk about a few things that went down with us in January. And one thing that I worked really hard on over Christmas and then launched in January was memoir, audio biographies of the men and women who changed the world, a total passion project of mine. I have absolutely been wrapped up in this project now for, you know, at least a month, just head down, 
learning the content, researching the content, producing the content, editing the content, and then of course now launching the content. So Memoir is live. The first series is featuring Alexander the Great, who led an incredible 32 years. And within Memoir, I just go into his life and everything that happened in those 32 years from birth all the way through death and everything in between. So if you have any desire to learn about what happens during Alexander the Great's reign, which was a crazy and fast one, definitely go check out Memoir. Again, this is a passion project. And I think it's important for us as entrepreneurs to do things that we need to do to pay the bills, to whatever it might be. We have responsibilities, but you also need to be mixing in a little bit of fun and a little bit of passion in there as well. So for me, this is a combo of everything. Like I I love reading biographies. And so I said, why not turn them into autobiographies? And that's exactly what memoir is. So definitely check it out. Memoir.one. That's memoir.one. You can subscribe to all of the major directories, the Spotify, the Stitchers, the Googles, the iTunes over at memoir.one. And I have a super cool voting widget there. So you can help me choose the next featured memoir. Now, something that I kind of alluded to, hinted at at the beginning of this episode, we did bring another person onto the Entrepreneurs on Fire team, a tech marketing strategist. This is a position that I've personally known that we've need to, we needed to fill for some time now, but we needed to find the right person, of course, and we did, and I'm excited about it, and I'm going to turn it over to Kate now to kind of talk this through and just kind of explain to you exactly how this happens. I feel like we need to figure out a different way to format maybe the beginning of the income report because I feel like I wait so long to talk that I have like 17 things I want to talk about (laughs) before I actually get into what I'm supposed to talk about. I'll tell you what, next income report, you will start the income report and I'll be the one that doesn't say anything until it's my turn. (laughs) Okay, so first of all, I want to give a translation for the ICE activities that are going on out here. John mentioned like a whole lot of lingo that I don't even know what it means. Apparently, people are pulling fish out of the lake right now. But (laughs) I can't believe it is so cold here. There's so much snow on the ground. And the fact that these people have chosen to spend the entire day out on the ice, like at least when you're skiing, you're moving around and you're like doing tons of stuff. I just can't imagine sitting still in this weather. But I guess that's what the snowmobile is. Well, and not just day, it's night too. Like these people camped out on the lake overnight. Tense. Like, no joke. There are tents (laughs) on the ice. Um, Number two, John, you and I usually don't record in the same room, but we're actually sitting across from each other. And now I realize, like, I knew that you flailed your hands around a lot, but it's so intense. Like, (laughs) I'm French. It's actually a bit distracting sometimes how much your arms move around, but I love it because I could tell you're like so into what you're talking about. (laughs) Number three, what was my point? Number three. Um, oh, John, you had mentioned like that when we bring Josh on these income reports each month to give us a tax tip and then we bring David on every other month to give us a legal tip. Each month I'm reaching out to these guys and saying like, what do you guys think we should cover in this month's report? So Fire Nation, if you ever have a tax related question, a legal question that you think would not only benefit you, but benefit everyone else tuning in, which hint, it would, because if you have that question, chances are tons of other people have that question as well. You should definitely reach out, shoot us an email, let us know, because we are always looking for different things to discuss. We obviously do this for you, so we want to make sure we're covering topics that you find valuable. 
most oftentimes, jo- like I'm asking Josh a question and Josh is like, that seems like it would be a good thing to cover in the income report. So if you ever have any tax questions, legal questions you want to send in, please don't hesitate to do so. You can send them to me. It's kate at eofire.com and we'll make sure that we get those lined up because we love answering your questions. Okay. I am going to talk about us hiring a tech marketing strategist, but first of all, John, congratulations on launching Memoir. Thank you. <laughs> I tuned in on a couple of my walks right before we took off to Maine. We were still in Puerto Rico, so I was in shorts and tank tops instead of like 17 layers of all the other <laughs> things. And it was so much fun to listen to. I love like the sound effects and there are actually kind of a couple really intense points though. Um, in the recording where it was like war scenes and stuff, you really got into those sound effects. Yeah, my dad actually told me today when I picked him up at the airport and when I was driving back, he goes, I was listening while I was skiing to memoir and one of the sound effects you use about when a guy's arm got chopped off really made me cringe to the point I almost fell skiing. Oh my gosh. (laughs) All right, so, well, congratulations again on launching memoir. Fire Nation, if you haven't checked it out yet, definitely worth a listen. Um, Okay, so we hired a tech marketing strategist. Making the decision to hire this person on retainer was a big decision because it was a big investment. But John, like you said, we've been talking about this for a long time, the need for someone who's not only an expert in this area, but who has the bandwidth to be able to fully focus on it. You know, you and I are oftentimes doing something having to do with like bigger picture projects, the podcast, managing our team, um, stuff for the community, campaigns, webinars. So to have somebody who can really just like dive into the details, I think both of us knew the time was now. And so we're really lucky to have found Kelly and her team. Um, We've brought her on as a consultant. So she's not technically like an employee of ours. Um, Her and her team are bringing our consultant retainer to five. So we have our CPA, Josh. We have our accounting team over at Kahuna Accounting. We have our designer, Brandy. We have our web guy, Corey. And Kelly makes five, our tech marketing strategist. So John, one thing that you and I had talked about when we were deciding whether or not to make this huge leap is that you know, we weren't sure if it was going to be the right move for the business because we knew that in bringing somebody on to focus on this kind of stuff that, yes, it was going to help us massively, but it was also going to create more projects. And we were kind of thinking like, of course, we want to do more projects, but are these projects in line with where we want the business to go? Well, I can definitely say that even with some of the doubts that we may have had that one month into our contract, we're feeling so great about this decision. We've wasted no time getting straight down to business. Um, Since Kelly and her team have come on board, we've initiated a full website redesign. So if you follow... Um, John's profile on Facebook, or if you're in Podcasters Paradise or you're in the Freedom or Mastery Journal group, we actually posted to get your guys' feedback on kind of the design that you think we should go with. So that's kind of been a fun thing to see. It's actually opposite of what John and I thought it would be in terms of feedback and stuff. So always ask your audience. Um, We've done a ton of focus on our campaign conversions. We've started a revamp of the quiz that we have for you, Fire Nation. It is right now just called the Fire Nation Freedom Quiz. We are tweaking that a little bit. We are now going to be calling it the What's Your Next Step 
quiz. So we're going to kind of reformat that to make sure that exactly what outcome you're looking for is what we can deliver to you. Um, we've also identified our top five focuses for the next six months. Super, super important to have a goal and strategy in place as you get started. Otherwise, it's kind of easy to get derailed and want to do a ton of other stuff. So, um, John, what do you think about our work with Kelly so far? Well, I love it. And if there's just kind of one spin I can put on this for you, Fire Nation, is GoPro. Like for us, it was time to go pro. Like we've done a lot of things really good. And now it's just time for us to do fewer things great. So we're really identifying what's important for our business. As we mentioned briefly in last income report, the fire five, you know, the big fire five that we want to really make the big drivers in our business. And then we can take somebody like Kelly, you know, who's just so good with the tech side of things and the analytical side and the number side and the testing side and the optimizing side and just go pro, go pro. So what is it that you're doing in your business? That's the question I want to ask you right now. Go pro. And if you're like, well, I can't go pro because it's so much. Well, you're probably too broad. Like you need to be niche enough where you can absolutely go pro, where you are just great at what you do. Not good at a lot of things. Be great at a few things that are really going to be the drivers in your business. And that's what Kelly's going to do for us. She's going to make us great in the things that we want to be great at which is podcasting, you know, via Podcaster's Paradise, which is journals via our Freedom and Mastery Journal, which is affiliates. And I won't keep going into more details here because, you know, we have a lot of things that we're really going to be focusing on with those with those Power Five and those Fire Five. But what are your focuses? That's what I want to say. And I just want you, you to go pro. So before we get into the specific income breakdown, Kate, is there anything you want to add to wrap up or to mention to Fire Nation? No, I feel like I just like let it all out when I started. So I've kind of had like five turns. <laughs> all right. Well, then I'll take turn and my turn and then I'll ha- pass it back to you to uh, close it down strong. And Fire Nation, what we're going to go through right now is the actual breakdown for our income in January of 2018, which is our 53rd straight income report, by the way. We've been doing this now for 53 straight months. So our journal sales were incredibly strong. Again, we did 882 journal sales, which brought in $33,000, which we're obviously very excited about. Uh, The Freedom Journal and the Mastery Journal were both, again, very close, very close in sales. Every month, I just feel like they're just like twins, where the Mastery Journal seems to always uh, lose by a little bit. But again, it just has a strong showing. This month, the Master Journal did 15K and the Freedom Journal did 17,900. So very close, uh, very close numbers wise as well. We did 429 Freedom Journal sales and 382 Mastery Journal sales. One thing that's really exciting that just recently happened as well is Both the Freedom Journal and the Mastery Journal have been awarded Amazon's choice under the journal category. So if you weren't convinced before, Fire Nation, I hope you are now. We've gotten the endorsement. We've basically gotten, you know, Jeff Bezos to personally endorse our book is kind of how I look at our journals. So take that for what it is. But Amazon's choice for both the Freedom and the Mastery Journal. We've been awarded. You can now go. Uh, to either one on the Amazon page, and you'll see that nice, amazing badge there, which I'm very proud of. Our sponsorship income kicked some booty this month. It was $72,500. 
Um, we also list off five free courses that are incredibly valuable that lead directly to revenue as well. So definitely check those out at eofire.com slash income 53. Um, speaking of some affiliate income, that's a result of some of those free courses and funnels. We did $52,000. Um, 25K of that came from ClickFunnels, always a huge one. Uh, another bigger one on the bigger side was uh, we got an $8,500 check from self-publishing school for promoting Chandler Bolt's great course, self-publishing school. And we had a great web, uh, sorry, not a webinar. We had a great episode with him last month. And then it, we did follow up with a webinar as well, which was super valuable. And if you want to check that out, the webinar specifically where Chandler drops value bombs about how to launch a book in 90 days, all you need to do is visit eofire.com slash book, eofire.com slash book. Now, we did have some significant expenses, as we always do, which totaled you know over $66,000. And we list every single one out. And again, myself and Kate go over these expenses regularly. So if you're seeing them in our income reports, it's because we have studied them and decided that they are necessary because we do try to run a profit margin heavy business, meaning that we want our net profit to be as high as possible. We're not super concerned about our gross revenue going up. You know, we want our net revenue, our net profit to be as high as possible. So all the expenses you're seeing are very much focused and decided upon expenses. So definitely check those out. And that gives us a total net profit for a hundred of a hundred and thirty nine thousand dollars. And I'm very proud of starting off 2018 with this kind of bang. You know, the last two years we started them off with an incredibly loud bang because we launched the Freedom Journal two years ago. We launched the Mastery Journal this past year um, of 2017, so January of 2017. And then here we are a year later in January of 2018, and we didn't have a huge launch because we have a lot of other things that are going on in our business like bringing on Kelly and I have a couple projects like Memoir and, and another one that's coming out soon, which if you haven't checked it out yet, was just endorsed by Gary Vaynerchuk. That is how to finally win. Create your dream life one step at a time. That's a book that I'm in the process of writing and will launch sometime in 2018. But you can get the first chapter for free if you simply visit howtofinallywin.com. So check out howtofinallywin.com. Sign up for that free chapter uh, to give you a taste about what that book's going to be. And then also, um, you're going to be able to see that the book, again, was endorsed by Gary Vaynerchuk, which I'm really proud of. And I'm even more fired up to kind of celebrate this win that just kind of popped in my mind as I was talking about Gary, is that his book, Crushing It, is out right now. It actually came out January 30th. So if you haven't um, heard that his book's out yet, well, it's out. It's a great book. It's a follow-up to his 2009, I believe. It was either 2008 or 2009 book, Crush It, which I read and loved and have actually read multiple, multiple times since and listened to the audiobook multiple, multiple times just because I love how quick and easy and actionable that book was. And I was honored when Gary's team reached out to me to be one of like 10, I think is the total, featured entrepreneurs in that book. And so Crushing It came out. It's now a New York Times bestselling book, the number one New York Times bestselling book. And I'm the actual first entrepreneur they mention. And my name gets dropped in the introduction, which I'm super proud of. And then they have a whole chapter of me later in the book as well. So definitely check out Crushing It. Um, I was Super honored to be chosen by Gary to be one of the 10 who he considers as somebody who is crushing it right now. 
And again, you can check out that book on Amazon or wherever else you like to buy books. He went the whole physical route as well. So Barnes and Noble, all that jazz. But I have a huge endorsement for that book. I've already read it and I love it. So, Kate, let's now end with your biggest lesson learned for January of 2018. And I'm going to do a little spoiler. Daily gratitude can go a long way. Daily gratitude can go such a long way. And I'm learning that every single day. Um, but John, yes, your feature in Crushing It, first of all, was so amazing. And I'm so, so proud and can't wait for Fire Nation to check out that book because I just had like the smallest sneak peek at your section and I'm really anxious to read the other sections in that book where he talks about, you know, other people who are professionals in video or in social media. And uh, I definitely think it's a book worth checking out for sure, not only to check out the podcasting section, um, but also the other 90% of the greatness that he brings to it. So kudos to you. Thank you. Um, Okay, so biggest lesson learned in January. Okay, let me ask you this, Fire Nation. Have you ever had one of those days where everything is just like super irritating and frustration seems to be everywhere? It doesn't matter if you had a great night's sleep, a kick butt workout that morning or the best breakfast ever. Something just feels off. And it's not only causing irritation with just about everything that's going on around you, but is also affecting your productivity and motivation. What the heck is going on? I don't like to admit this, but I've had more of these days over the past couple months and they aren't fun. I don't feel like me. I know it's not the way that I want to be living my life. And so I've been reflecting on that and trying to figure it out. Like, why do I feel this way? What is it that's making these days different from the others? Like, why am I feeling irritated by things and why don't I feel motivated? And I've come to the conclusion that it's my lack of gratitude. It's having a great night's sleep, but neglecting to wake up and like be happy about that or be grateful for that. It's having this amazing workout, but then going on with my day like I'm owed that workout. And it's having this amazing breakfast without taking the time to realize that not everybody gets to have an amazing breakfast. It all goes back to gratitude. So the next time your alarm goes off and you wake up, you crush a great workout, you have an amazing breakfast, you get to kiss your loved one, you get to take a few minutes to call your parents and tell them that you're thinking of them. Don't take these things for granted. Be grateful for them. And I can assure you that that daily gratitude can go a long way. Well, Fire Nation, I feel like anything I would add to that would simply be taking away from that value that Kate just dropped. So let's just end on a high note to say, celebrate every single day for what it is, have daily gratitude, and of course, prepare to ignite. 